Hey church, um, we're going to get stuck straight into today's message and um, we are only two weeks away from finishing uh, the book of Romans. We've been studying this for the last uh, three months or so and so uh, today is the second last installment for our study of Romans. Next week will be the last, we'll wrap it all up and, and this is where I guess the rubber hits the road, this is where it gets real. And, um, and it's been good the whole way through, learning a lot about history, a lot about uh, theology. Um, but right now, in these next two messages are going to get real deep and real challenging to how you and I live our life. And, um, and we have to be, I guess, take a spiritual stock take of how are we conducting our life? Are we living in a way that truly brings glory to God? Or do we just give lip service to God and live our life however we choose to live? So uh, put your seatbelts on. Saddle on up today and next week um, are really going to challenge us, but in a good way. Challenge us in a way that will actually cause us to grow if we choose to uh, follow what God's Word says. So I'm going to start today um, by quoting the great leadership guru, uh, John Maxwell, who is probably one of the the greatest um, thinkers in regards to leadership um, of all time, possibly. Um, And he says this, he says, um, in his book, Think on These Things, He writes, what occupies your mind and what you think means more than anything else in your life. Your thought life will determine how much you earn, where you live, and what you become in life. Your life today is a result of your thinking yesterday, and your life tomorrow will be determined by what you think today. That's um, quite a sobering thought, uh, how important it is for us to think the right thoughts because the power of thought is um, absolutely important and vital for the outworking of our life. And the Bible says a very similar thing. We, we read in Proverbs 23, 7 that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the power of our thought life is not just um, you know images or, or ideas float around our mind. It actually results in how we organize and orchestrate um, our life. We all think. Some would argue with that. Some of you would look at your husbands and go, no, no, he doesn't think. I know my wife thinks that. But, but we all think. Um, thinking is the basic foundation for how we all function. Um, but many of us, when it comes to thinking, we live on autopilot. We just do what we do. We live reactionary. We live day by day. Um, and, and we don't actually think about what we think about. And so my question to you and to me today is, do you actually think about the things you think about. Because the things you think about shape your world. The things you think about determine where you live, how much you earn, and the actual output of your life. The relationships you keep and everything that you uh, have in your life today is a direct result of what you've been thinking about yesterday and the years before. So do you think about what you think about? One thing that the um, this pandemic has really revealed and highlighted to me is that um, isolation is uh, the echo chamber for lies. 
What do I mean by that? Well, the enemy is always trying to whisper untruths to us. Um, His goal is to ultimately distract us, derail us, or uh, disconnect us from God and from other believers. And the longer we are isolated, the louder these whispers that he would tell us become, and the more that they become reinforced in our minds. Once we've been, once we would have been quick to silence these voices because the sweet sound of community would bring a triumphant sound of truth that would snuff out these lies. Uh, but um, in, in isolation, these, this is increasingly difficult um, and we can fall into the trap of believing the worst about people rather than believing the best about people. Um, so we need to gain mastery over our minds if we are to gain mastery over our lives. So it's important to think about what we think about because in isolation those those little thoughts, those little lies that the enemy will whisper actually become very loud noises and if we listen to those for too long it will take us on a trajectory of our life walking out in a way that perhaps we never dreamt or hoped or imagined for back when we used to have solid community. So as we jump into Romans 8, um, Paul is going to challenge us Uh, specifically in the area of our thinking, what we think about. So we're starting in chapter 8, verse 1. The very first verse, Paul says this, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. This is the filter. This becomes the filter with which Paul will then write the rest of what chapter 8 says. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If we feel as Christians a sense of condemnation, um, then, then I would argue that perhaps there's a, there's a pattern of incorrect thinking in our mind that we need to um, understand and, and transform so that we can better align that with the Christian faith because the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he has done in his life and through his death and resurrection has resulted in you and I who now live by faith, who are justified by faith, we no longer have condemnation for the sin and guilt that lies in the heart of man, that Jesus takes that away. So we need to be transformed in the renewing of our, by renewing our mind if we feel that condemnation, because Paul is saying there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We need to think about what we think about. Jump down to verse 5. Paul says, Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on what the Spirit desires. So we're seeing a bit of a a pattern here about what we think about and where we set our minds determines about how our our life will outwork. Verse 6, the mind that is governed by the flesh leads to death. But the mind that is governed by the Spirit leads to life and leads to peace. Which got me thinking, let's, let's, let's just pause right there and let's do a spiritual stock take, right? For your life and for my life. Who governs your mind? Like for reals though, like not, don't just say what, what, what we should say as a Christian or what you think I would like you to say. But, but when, you, when you think about your life, you think about your mind, when you think about what you think about and the patterns of thinking you have, who governs your mind? Is it the desires of the flesh? Is that what you have set your mind to? Whatever you feel like doing, however you feel like responding, whatever indulgence you, you think you might want to engage in, is that, is that how you've set your mind? Because if so, 
then we set our minds uh, on the things of the flesh, which ultimately leads to death. But Paul's saying, for those of us who set our minds on the Spirit, who, who desire the things of the Spirit, then that results in life and faith. And my question is simply that, what is it that governs our mind? What is it that governs our primary thinking patterns? Is it our preferences, what we would like, the, the desires of the flesh, or is it truly the desires of the spirit? And, and, and it's important for us to have that spiritual stock take. Okay, moving right along. Um, verse 7 and 8. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God and does not submit to God, nor can it. And that makes perfect sense. Um, those in the realm of the flesh, those who live by the thoughts and the deeds of their flesh, cannot please God, because obviously without faith it's impossible to please God. Verse 9, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. Okay, so now we understand how important it is to gain mastery of our minds and to think about what we think about. Um, that we, we have the Spirit of God in us, therefore we should be setting our minds on the things of the Spirit and what the Spirit desires for us. And if we do that, then, then God gives us life. And if we set our minds on the things of the flesh, that will result in death. You know, Deuteronomy says this, I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing you choose. And that's the beauty of God. He gives us what we desire. Um, so, Let's remember this then. In, in keeping that framework, it's important to get mastery over our mind, to think about what we think about. Um, verse 14, remember this. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, who choose right to be led by the Spirit, the desires of the Spirit, those who choose that are children of God. Verse 15, the Spirit we then received as children of God does not make us slaves living in fear again. Rather, it has brought about adoption as sonship. If you find yourself living in fear, can I suggest that you jump ahead to Romans 12 verse 2 and be transformed out of fear into faith by renewing your mind to understand who you are in Christ. Chapter 8, verse 1, there is no condemnation for you who is in Christ. Uh, we read right here in verse 15 that, that, that we no longer are slaves to fear if we are in Christ, that God has taken that away from us and given us adoption as sons and daughters into his family. We are now children of God, not slaves to fear. And that's why we said uh, last week that it's the new you that's the true you. And fear exists in the old us. And if the old us is coming up from time again, time again to try and bring fear back into our life, we need to remind ourselves that hold on, the new me is the true me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, not in the fear that once used to enslave me and trap me. Okay. Um, verse 16. The Spirit Himself, the Holy Spirit of God, testifies with our spirit there's a confirmation from the Spirit of God into our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are His children, then we are heirs with Christ. We share in His suffering. We share in His glory. We need to think about what we think about. Um, in summary, there, there is no condemnation for us 
because God's Spirit lives in us, which means we are adopted into His family, which means we have become heirs to the kingdom of heaven. Like, like that, that revelation alone, trend, being transformed by renewing our mind to that fact should absolutely revolutionize how we live our life. That you and I are no longer condemned. There is no condemnation in us. Why? Because we are now sons and daughters of God. His spirit resides in us. And if that is true, then we now are rightful heirs to heaven. That should give us a sense of security, a sense of hope, a sense of strength, a sense of life, of joy, of faith, that we can live this life no longer paralyzed by fear or torment or condemnation or judgment or guilt or shame. All that has been removed by what Jesus has accomplished on the cross for what Ephesians 2 would say that you and I can freely accept as the gift of God, not of anything we have done, but because God is so good, he has done it all for us and it's by faith we access that. Paul understands that even though all this is true, there's still a battlefield in the mind. The, the, the battle rages in the mind of people because we live in a fallen world. And we, we looked at, at Romans chapter 7 about the battle that he has, how there's a wrestle in his mind that he knows what he should do, but he doesn't do it. And what he, he wants to do, he doesn't do. And, and, and there's a wrestle in there. So Paul gets it and he gives us a bit of a, an insight into his thinking patterns and what's going on for him. Um, so, so that, that for me just reinforces what Maxwell says at the very start of what this message, um, what, what we looked at was um, ultimately what we think about will determine the life that we have. Colossians 3.2, Paul encourages us again to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things, that we need to get our eyes off the things of the flesh, off the concerns of this world, off the problems we face, and we set our minds on things above. We set our minds to the, to the Spirit of God so that we can then live in the plan and purpose that God has for us. Um, in times such as this, um, we have to be so aware that, like we said earlier, that, that isolation is the echo chamber of lies. And we need to be super conscious um, to think about what we're thinking about because it will ultimately either make us or break us. That's the reality of it. Um, I recently read that um, 80 to 90% of uh, GP visits to, to, to your local doctor are mental health related. That's a lot, like 80 to 90%. And I get that a lot of those are, are genuine um, mental health disorders and conditions, and I don't want to downplay that um, at all. But, but I can't help but think if we are intentional about thinking about what we're thinking about, and if we're intentional about our thought life and what it is we give attention to, what it is we focus, what it is we amplify in our minds, then, then if we do that, I can't help but think we give ourselves a fighting chance to really, um, you know, Get, get a leg up against things like mental health, which, which again, I'm not downplaying. I know they are real issues that people really face, but, but I kind of think that, like I said, we give ourselves a fighting chance when we, we start with thinking about what we're thinking about and we, we, we set our minds on things above. And, and Psalms will say, cast our eyes heaven where our help comes from. I can't help but think that's only going to serve us well uh, moving into the future with how our life would pan out before us. I want to finish on this thought, um, a quote that uh, is from Harvard-trained Harvard psychologist Sasha Hines. 
Dr. Hines says this. Uh, she says, every thought that you think is optional. How's that? Every thought that you think is optional. She goes on to say that next time you find yourself in a state of mental chaos, imagine your mind as a buffet of thoughts. You have picked up certain thoughts, feelings and actions over time, but now you get to decide what you are and what you believe about yourself. What thoughts are useful? What thoughts you don't want to keep? What thoughts you don't want to subscribe? What thoughts you want to unsubscribe from? Remind yourself that you are in control. You have cognitive sovereignty. That's from like a psychologist. That's not me making that stuff up. That every thought we have is optional. That we ultimately have cognitive sovereignty over ourselves, and we get to choose from this buffet of thoughts that will barrage us. Now, we can't control when those thoughts will come or how those thoughts will come or what thoughts will come because that's just part of fallen nature, right? Thoughts will come all the time, but we have to choose which thoughts we're going to reject, which thoughts we're going to accept. And that's why we read in the scriptures that we are to take every thought captive and we surrender it to Christ Jesus so we can prove that either the thoughts coming in are for us or against us because ultimately what we choose to think about is the life that we will start to live out before us. Um, and so I want to finish with this. Romans 8, 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And my prayer is that you and I would experience life and peace. And in a world that seems to be peaceless, uh, my prayer is that we would be a people who are peaceful, full of God's peace, that it would not just be for us to have a sense of well-being, but that peace of God that surpasses all understanding would not just guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, but would overflow out of us as the fruit of the Spirit would indicate so that others could eat of that peace that flows from us and in eating the peace off our life would taste and see that the Lord is indeed good and that we would be a good witness for Him on this earth. So, so in, in closing, uh, Romans 8 has a lot going on there and and but for me i wanted to bring out this thought that we we need to think about what we think about because what we think about ultimately shapes the life we live and i want us to not think about and set our minds on the things of the flesh because the bible will say that leads to death and separation from god but when we set our minds on the things of the spirit and what the spirit has for us then that results in life and peace and that's what i want for you and that's what i want for me and so let me pray for you as we close today Father, I just thank you for every person uh, watching this service today. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would um, just give us uh, a real indication of where it is um, that we are placing our thoughts. Are we placing our thoughts in the, the, the pleasures of our flesh or are we really placing our thoughts in wanting to live the life you've call, called us to live? And Lord, I pray you would give us the strength to make wise decisions, that we would really think about what it is we think about. And, and Father, that you would help us to uh, step into a life that, that more resembles that of Jesus. And so Lord, I pray for every person here in, in, in their families, in their households, wherever they are, Lord, that the, the whispers of the enemy would die today in, in Jesus' name, that we would uh, see them for what they are, that they are divisive, they are destructive, and they are trying to disconnect and derail us. And so we reject that, and we pick up uh, the words of truth and words of life that we find in your word. Lord, would you bless this church, bless every person in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hey, thanks for sticking around. We're so glad you did. Hey, we just wanted to let you know about um, some exciting news in regards to us moving forward in gathering together as a church. So for some time now, we've been encouraging people to get together in groups and with friends or whatever to watch online church together on a Sunday morning. And some people are doing that and that's great and Keep doing that if you've already got, you know, a little crew going on and established. But we have also decided to formalize those groups under the banner Open House. So uh, there are groups now available, hosts of Open House, that you can call up and say that, hey, I want to come along to your group on Sunday and watch Church Online together. So the idea is you're just getting together in someone's home watching church online together, having some food together, and just really being intentional about community. Um, obviously, with COVID-19 restrictions, we are limited to 20 people uh, per group in each household. So you do need to um, let the leader know, touch base with well, the host and let them know that you're coming. But if you check your email right now, uh, there's much more information that's just come through to you about all of that. Our heart and our, our goal is that through this crazy time, everyone would still feel like they belong, that they would have community, that they would have people around them, um, that they can be doing church in a home with um, on Sundays. So starting next Sunday, the 30th of August is open house. So these groups will meet fortnightly, uh, not every week, because look, we know that sometimes you just want to stay in your pajamas and watch church online in bed. We get it. Um, slow steps, baby steps. But um, so Sunday, the 30th of August, next week, we'll all be meeting together somewhere with people so that we're not alone um, to do church together. So we're excited. Like I said, make sure you check your email, reach out to a host if you're not already um, part of something that's going on. And we can't wait to be together next week and hear about who you're connecting with. Have a great week. We love you guys so much.